following podcast is explicit. So mom, you're going to want to turn this off. Uh-oh. Um, I should tell you up front that this episode is nothing but spoilers. It is only um, concentrated spoiler juice. You can listen to it if you binge-watched it, uh, but maybe you want to watch it old school. Like, one episode every week. Or maybe you want to watch it even older school. Like, hire a bard to write melodies to it and sing you the tales of Daredevil or whatever. Uh, but what I'm saying, the, the, the point of this is to be a spoiler warning. Just didn't want you to get mad at me or to email me complaints. Speaking of emails, if you have watched it and you want to be a part of the conversation, go ahead and email us at mouthfulofmarvels at gmail.com. What did you think of the show? What did I miss out? Did I pronounce anything wrong? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, did, what, did, even tell us like your, your, binge, your Netflix series watching preferences. I want to hear from you. Like, as much as your your mom wants you to call, like, at least just once a week, I want you to email. I want to know how my little how, how my little nuggets are doing, you little nuggets. Enjoy the show, guys. On today's episode of Mouthful of Marvels, there isn't an episode of Mouthful of Marvels. Welcome to Pimisodes, everybody. <laughs> Good start. So, over this past weekend, Netflix released season two of its original series, Daredevil. And of course, I spent 13 hours of my weekend um, binge-watching this show. And I, I, I don't regret a thing. Nope, not one thing. Uh, because it was St. Patrick's Day weekend, and what better way to celebrate St. Patrick's Day weekend than to... Watch The Punisher gung down, uh, gung down? Gung down style? Gun down different members of the Irish Mafia in Hell's Kitchen. I don't think there's a better way to celebrate. I know The Punisher doesn't think there's a better way to celebrate. Uh, Frank Castle takes St. Patrick's Day very seriously. If you don't wear green, he pinches you with bullets from a gun. So wear green if you live in Hell's Kitchen. For your own safety. Overall, Daredevil Season 2, in my opinion, was even better than Season 1. And I loved Season 1. Season 1 was critically acclaimed. Um, <coughs> and this one uh, managed to um, uh, uh, grow um, the Daredevil myth mythos. Um, it introduced new characters that will be... Uh, a great staple for the Netflix series. And overall, I think it did a lot of justice for the different characters in the Daredevil series. Uh, because the whole gang's back. Um, all of Murdoch and Nelson is back. We got Matt Murdoch, the Daredevil. We've got uh, Foggy Nelson, still a mediocre actor uh, and character. I don't know if it's the actor's fault or if it's the writing, but he's only a step above uh, what the caricature version of himself from last season and Karen Page um who they barely like even if they do reference uh when she killed uh Wesley Kingpin's right hand man they only subtly bring that up 
um, it's never like resolved, and I think that's cool because like it only gives uh, more potential for future series. And there are a lot of questions from season one that they only in season two they only bring up more questions about. In season one, there are a lot of hints to um, this war that's going on, where uh, Daredevil's old um, mentor Stick is talking about uh, this underground uh, good versus evil war that's going on that is going on right under Matt Murdock's uh, perfect little button notes. And they only uh, give a little bit more hints toward that. This season is mostly dedicated to, um, well, it's two-part. It's the Punisher and raising more questions while kind of giving you answers to that thing that I was talking about, the mystic, the mystical war that's going on underneath Hell's Kitchen. So yeah, let's start, let's start with the Punisher. Episodes one through four felt like, uh, it was a Punisher, uh, series, um, more than it felt like a Daredevil series. There's plenty to inform the characters of Matt Murdock and his relationships with everybody else, uh, but overall it feels very Punisher-oriented. Uh, it's also, like, because that's laying down the groundwork for everything else. But uh, the Punisher is an amazing addition to this series. And he offers the anti-hero uh, killing is the right way to do things versus the the vigilante, the honor honorable vigilante of, like, no, we don't kill. We just bash people with skulls in, but we don't kill them. Um, uh, and they do it in a different way. Um, albeit a lot of it, uh, reminds me of the Dark Knight. In fact, there's one line in particular that the Punisher, um, tells Daredevil while Daredevil is being chained to a chimney. Uh, he says to, uh, Frank Castle says to Matt Murdock, you're one bad day from becoming me. And that feels very jokery. I think there's, the line that it reminds me most of that it, like, resonated with me was, um, I think people are, like, one push away f uh, from being sane to insane. Something like that. I don't know the exact quote. But a lot of it is uh, derived of... I mean, naturally, season one even was. Like, Hell's Kitchen is Gotham. Um, even though Hell's Kitchen is a real place. <laughs> uh, so maybe uh, Gotham is Hell's Kitchen. I don't know which came first. The Daredevil Chicken or the Batman Egg. Uh, but while this is all going on we are introduced to a familiar face from Jessica Jones, the district attorney, um, uh, district attorney Reyes. And she has it in for Frank Castle. She wants to uh, catch uh, the Punisher for what everyone else is seeing as her own uh, political career going forward. And that is true, but the stakes are even uh, higher for district attorney Reyes because she... Had, she was covering something up in the massacre that took out Frank Castle's um, entire family. So Frank Castle, his family was at Central Park uh, just enjoying a carousel ride when this bad drug deal, um, it, when it goes south and guns start flying uh, and Frank Castle and his family are caught in the crosshairs. Frank takes a bullet to the head but survives the rest of his family is torn to shreds. Um, and Reyes' involvement in that is that she... Um, she had an underground cop to catch 
a uh, drug lord, and they she uh, opted out of clearing the park because they thought she thought it would reveal their hand. If the criminals and like the drug lords saw that, oh, this park is empty, that's kind of suspicious. She thought that was too much to risk uh, catching this drug lord. So she doesn't clear out the park. Things go poorly, as poorly as they can. These different gangs start shooting at each other, and innocent people are caught in the crosshairs. And that uh, starts the Punisher on his his uh, path of of revenge. And so he's after the Irish Mafia, the Dogs of Hell, and he's after the Mexican Cartel. Um, with the Punisher, we see mostly the Irish Mafia, and that's where we get to see um, most of Frank Castle's interactions with, uh, like how he's wor- how he works, how he uh, baits the Irish Mafia despite his own well-being, and to catch the top dogs that were involved in killing his family. The Punisher arc, story arc, comes to a close when uh, the Irish Mafia has, like, tortured uh, uh, Frank Castle, and Daredevil comes in to save him, and it's... The interaction between Daredevil and the Punisher is a lot of fun, especially in the scene where uh, the Daredevil is trying to save the Punisher, because the Punisher, like, every chance he gets, he picks up a weapon trying to finish off these mafia men and each time like uh frank castle picks up a gun or something daredevil throws uh, <laughs> uh daredevil throws his uh baton and like knocks things out of his hands so <laughs> while daredevil is beating up guys he's also hitting stuff out of frank castle's hands so he doesn't so frank doesn't kill anybody <laughs> it's a lot of fun and it eventually leads to uh the punisher's capture again this is only episode one through four so it seems like the story arc for the punisher is done and at the very end of the arc, Matt, Murdoch, and Karen start dating. Ooh. And at the very end of the episode, Electra is introduced um, by, like, she's lurking in Matt Murdoch's apartment. And no matter how good Matt Murdoch's uh, hearing is, she's able to get past it and sneaks in. And it's a really cool, um, really cool introduction to Electra. Uh, the Electra relationship with Matt Murdoch is interesting because once they introduce Matt and Karen's relationship and then immediately introduce Electra into the picture because Electra and Matt Murdock uh, right now we're 10 years after where uh, Electra left Matt um, and the reason that she left him is when they were dating 10 years ago she uh, provided a way for Matt to get revenge um, and kill the, uh, the, the, the mobster that had his dad killed or even directly killed him himself. I don't remember. So she, she has this guy tied up to a chair and she says, okay, do it, finish him off. And Matt only beats him. Like he refuses to finish the job and Electra realizes, oh, <laughs> cause that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Kill this guy. No, I don't want to. I don't think we should kill anybody. And she's like, oh, I'm a worse person than you are. And then she she runs. So this is 10 years after, and we see that Matt and Karen start dating. And that juxtaposition of uh, Team Matarin versus Team Daredelectra. <laughs> um, the juxtaposition of Electra being the almost like it's, it's snake poison. Snake poison could be used as poison, but it's also used as anti-venom. 
and Matt has this evil, this this rage inside him. I don't know if I want to call it evil, but this rage inside him that like drives him to be a vigilante. And Electra is the the anti venom to that. In with her constant like uh, like she is okay with killing. She's okay with uh, killing anybody and anything that uh, she deems. Uh, Killworthy, it's the perfect yin and yang to Matt Murdock's rage. Because he can hold her back, but she can also bring that out of him to be the vigilante that I think he wants to be. So that juxtaposed against Matt and Karen, their very sweet relationship. Um, and I think uh, Karen really shines in this aspect of um, it, it may appear that she is the usual uh, female character that is, uh, that is the supporting of support system of the the man but remember karen killed someone uh so that that kind of alters that um trope a little bit because they even have an argument matt murdoch and karen where they're discussing uh the punisher's like his methods karen says okay maybe it's okay to kill somebody to prevent future deaths and matt is saying no that's not our place to have to choose who lives and who dies that's the law's place and god's place and they're both subtly arguing um about karen is saying it's okay to kill people karen's killed someone to save her own life and not just like one shot multiple shots in the chest to kill him kill 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 him uh this was wesley um the dare i mean excuse me wilson fisk's right hand man Anyway, she's protecting that, that it's okay to kill people if it's necessary. Um, and Daredevil is is uh, in defense of vigilantism. He's trying to protect vigilantism because he is a vigilante and he needs that part of himself. So yeah, that's a, that's a cool just, juxtaposition between Elektra and Karen. Um, I'm going to keep this very short. Uh, because the overall story is, there. it's twofold. There's the Punisher story... Uh, Nelson and yeah, Nelson and Murdoch they eventually take up the Punisher's um, case and they become his defense lawyers, um, and it, it, it gives an opportunity to show both of their strengths. Uh, even Foggy, who I think is normally a uh, just an okay character, um, but it's able to to show his strength in the courtroom and also Murdoch's strength in the courtroom, uh, defending Frank Castle. Um, so it's two parts. It's it's uh, the journey of getting to, bo- to the bottom of the, the massacre that killed Frank Castle's family, and also this more mystical side of the Daredevil mythos of this, um, this ancient war that's been going on between two parties. The, the Hand, which is a familiar name, and I'm excited that they finally introduced it. Um, the Hand, who the, it's warlords who have been fighting for uh, centuries, um, and they've, they've uh, come across like the key to eternal life, immortal life, and they're searching for this final weapon, the Black Sky. And it's this party, the Hand versus the Chaste, which are trying to prevent them from finding this this nuclear option uh, that could be in their hands. It's also introduced. Uh, it introduced different uh, mystical sides of things with like uh, their there are these teenagers that they their blood is being uh, like harvested from them but also they discuss, discover that there's an evil inside them like a, uh, it's not just like a, a bad spirit but like it's a toxin um, that they find inside them that to replace the blood almost and then so they go nuts 
Um, anyway, so the, I think the point that I was getting at was the two different parts. Sorry, I digress. It's the the story of <clears throat> of um, the Punisher's redemption, and it's the story of stopping the hand. Uh, and the highlight of this, um, I think overall, was uh, Wilson Fisk comes back. And when Wilson Fisk comes back, it's... Uh, it's him in prison, and he is uh, climbing the the totem pole to be the queen bee, the the ruler of Oz at this prison cell. Um, and he's only in three episodes, but his he has an interaction with uh, Matt Murdock, where Matt Murdock comes to see him and threatens Wilson Fisk that he will never get to see Vanessa again. His one true love, he Matt Murdock is going to do everything within his power to make sure Wilson Fisk doesn't see. His true love again, and this pisses off uh, Wilson Fisk, who is now the kingpin because it's like he, I don't know if he's been flat out called the kingpin, but it's been referenced by the previous kingpin that he tore down to take his spot. Um, there's so much to talk about in this episode. I'm trying to hit the the basics to keep it uh, short, but anyway, so the the interaction with uh, Wilson Fisk being threatened by Matt Murdock, Wilson Fisk takes his handcuffs off and starts beating the shit out of Matt Murdock, who can't reveal he's Daredevil, so he just has to play a blind victim. And, like, he gets one solid punch in, but <laughs> Wilson Fisk just obliterates him. And it's such a great... It's my favorite part of this season. Uh, we see how terrifying, how truly terrifying, not in the, the subtle, creepy ways of this um, eloquent, gentle giant uh, by day and also this guy who bashes in a Russian's head uh, in a car door to mush, but we see it come out again in this terrifying way of... it. It's the face of evil in Wilson Fisk. It's my favorite part of the, the season, and I'm probably going to uh, put the... The, uh, a sound bite at the end of it, uh, at the end of this episode of Wilson Fisk uh, just uh, kicking uh, Daredevil's ass without even realizing it. He doesn't know he's Daredevil. Um. So overall, the highlight, John Berthal, the the other highlights. Um, John Berthal does an amazing job as the Punisher. Um, he brings out both the the rage of things and also the father that misses his family. Um, and I think he he can play both very well. He goes from uh, from rampage to charm very well, and I think we we've seen it in, when you, if you're familiar with The Walking Dead, when he was Shane in The Walking Dead, he was both. Uh, yeah, he's good at playing nuts. <laughs> um, yeah. So I I binge watched the show. I thought it was a, a great improvement. They have fun references to. Uh, the the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, specifically uh, uh, to Agents of Shield, there's like a, a headline that's um, uh, posted in the New York Bulletin of it, it, the the headline is Cybertech settles and Cybertech is one of the big baddies in season one of Agents of Shield. Uh, another one they have a reference to Jessica Jones where we see Jerry Hogarth. Um, the she's this uh, alpha alpha female imposing character uh, and she offers uh, Foggy Nelson a position at her firm uh, there's also they say Jessica Jones's name I think uh, so they tie everything in also while exploring and expanding um, Hell's Kitchen and that world as well uh, 
I think the finale of this series was a lot more impactful than season one's finale. Uh, the final confrontation in season one with uh, Wilson Fisk and Daredevil was a little underwhelming. Um, but this one, it feels a, a lot more uh, like a finale. Uh, what else? Uh, oh, the suit is so much better than season one. Season one, it, it looked and felt really stiff. This one, it feels a little bit more... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, I don't know, like... Uh, practical, I think is the word I'm looking for. Uh, so this... The, the suit is a big improvement. And we see Melvin Potter again. Um, and he seems a little less neurotic now that he isn't under uh, the Kingpin's thumb. Uh, so yeah, overall, um, I enjoyed this season more than last season. I'm excited to see if there's going to be a season three or if they're just going to get into the defenders after this. I'm excited to, uh, to see the, the interconnecting threads with, um, uh, Claire Temple, uh, played by Rosario Dawson. Um, she references like what she did for Luke Cage at one point, and I'd be surprised if she doesn't also make an appearance in Luke Cage. Um, but yeah, it's a great series. If you haven't binge-watched it yet, or you want to take it at another pace, might I suggest, this is what I've done, uh, read along with the AV Club's reviews. A lot of what they've said I've kind of um, incorporated into this, so I'd like to give uh, the, them credit. Um, and they also, they're doing a week-by-week -week one that comes out Tuesdays, starting um, Tuesday, uh, March 22nd, depending on when you listen to this. So, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, guys, uh, thanks for listening. We'll return to our regular programming, uh, if not next week, the week after. Okay. Um, bye.
thinking you can serve your sentence, hop on a jet, go to her whenever you like, live somewhere like Monaco or, I don't know, wherever the hell you fat cats go to sun yourselves, but you can't. You can visit her, but you'll never live with her because this is New York, Wilson. You live here. This is your jungle. This is your blood, like it is mine. She will never come, and you'll never leave. You screw with me now just a little bit, and you'll never really be with your one and only Vanessa ever again. Speak her name again. Go ahead. Son of a boxer. You, you're all running this place. You, you did set him free. You ask such small questions, Mr. Murdoch. I know. You're regaining power in here. Yes, ask uh, my lawyer. He'll deny it. Uh, ask the guards. They'll deny it. Ask the inmates here. They'll cut their tongues out before they talk. But I have something to say to you. When I finally get out of this cage... I will dismantle the lives of the two amateurs that put me in here. You, Mr. Murdoch, and Franklin Percy Nelson. No, I, I put you here, not Nelson. No, I did it. The two of you took the laurels. You'll both take the blame. I'll chop both the heads off of that snake. And I'll spend more than $6 on postage to bring you down. You see, I've had a lot of time to reflect on my journey here. Mr. Murdoch, my mistakes... Everything I took for granted. And while I try and sleep in this bleak place, the one thing that keeps me warm is the thought that I will look down upon this city. The city that births me with the woman that I love. Who, whom I love with everything that I am. If you're worried that Frank Castle will wreak havoc on Hell's Kitchen. Just wait. Time's up, Mr. Murdoch. <laughs>